Hey, welcome to Unshakable. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Daniel chapter 3. We're in the middle of a series called Unshakable, and we're looking at nine different tests that Daniel is going through. And one of the things that we've learned is that every time that he passes a test, God promotes him. God gives him more influence. So today is part two of when the heat is on. What do you do when the heat is on? If by any chance, if you missed the message from last week, I want to make sure that you go back and listen to that first because this message today actually builds on the foundation of last week's message. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Daniel chapter 3. One of the things that we learned last week is that there are three things that we need to do before when we're facing the heat, we're in the middle of the struggle, there are three things that we need to do before God does what only He can do. So let me begin by telling you something that happened to me recently. Actually, it was 4th of July. Um, we um, really we weren't doing anything. We were just at home, kind of you know, relaxed. We didn't really have a place to go. And around 9.15 or so, or eight, actually probably a little bit earlier than that, 8.45, we noticed that there's a lot of kids in our neighborhood, and they're playing with fireworks, and they're having a bunch of fun. And, and I asked the kids, hey, do you guys want to, you want to go buy some fireworks? And Natalie said, yep, I want to buy some fireworks. Katie was like, ah, I'll go look, but I wasn't sure. And so we went and we bought a bunch of fireworks. And we were, you know, we just, we're kind of having just a good old time, had the, the, the chairs out and we, we got some snacks and we were just letting the kids set the, the, you know, like light the fireworks. And we were just having a really, really, just a fun time together. Around 10, 15 or so, I tell the kids, okay, it's, it's about time to wrap it up. And Natalie says, she was the one that was getting into the fireworks, um, she says, hey, can we do one last firework? And I'm like, yeah, it's fine, no big deal. And this particular firework is the one that shoots, into the air, shoots up into the air and it explodes. And so Natalie sets the, gets, grabs the firework and she, the fuse was on the side and she didn't know that you were supposed to put it upright and set it upright and she lays it sideways and she lights it. I don't notice it. Leah doesn't notice it. I mean, we were at a distance. We were being super safe. We were doing everything right. But this firework, instead of going up, it went straight to me and it hit my leg and it exploded and it burnt me so bad. I literally jump up. It exploded three times, like boom, 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 like, like very, very quick. One um, the explosions hit my, my finger and it, it was swollen for several, several days. Of course, I ran towards the house, got in the bathtub, and the, I mean, it was so painful, so, I mean, probably most excruciating pain that I've ever I had to go through. Call my sister, she's the doctor, and she, of course, you know, I took pictures of the burns and she, you know, talked to a specialist friend of her, a doctor that she knows. And they gave me a list of things to do, like how to clean it, how to, like what medicine I needed to buy, what I needed to do, like step by step. They told me whether I had to go to the ER or not. And, and, and so like they gave me very detailed notes on what I was supposed to do. And thankfully, a few days later, 
um, I'd say probably two, three days later, I began to feel a little bit better. And the reason why I tell you this story is because sometimes when you face the heat, if you want to be protected, if you want to be healed quickly, you've got to know, you've, you have to follow the instructions that God gives us. Just like I had to follow exactly to the T what the instructions that the doctor friend of my sister's had given her in the same way, if you are in the middle of a struggle today, if you are feeling the heat, I want you to pay attention to God's truth because we're going to learn three nuggets of truth from God's Word that you need to know to be able to heal properly, to be able to learn from those um, difficulties that you're going through. Now, I want to make sure that I say this. Sometimes God will save us from a crisis. Sometimes God will save you from the heat. He helps you avoid the fire. When you look at our story today, God is powerful enough. He could have saved the, the Daniel's friends uh, from the furnace. Okay, He chose not to do it, so they were actually put in, or he chose to do it in a different way, maybe I should say. Uh, but he could, have, he could have avoided the, the heat for, from them. And in the story that we're going to look at today, um, like it, would have taken, it wouldn't have taken anything for God to say, you know what, I'm not going to put him through that. But God didn't do that. Okay? Sometimes when you're in the middle of a problem, God will take you out. And those are fun times. I pray that if you're going through something that's difficult, I pray that God will take you out of it. But you also have to know that that's not always God's will. Jesus, before the cross, God, not my will, your will be done. Let this cup cup pass from me. I don't want to go to the cross if I don't have to, but it's not my will, it's your will. Sometimes God will save you from the crisis. Sometimes he will save you through the crisis. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is that sometimes God will walk through the heat, through the, the difficult situations that you're going through. He'll walk with you. He will give you the grace. He will give you the strength. He will give you uh, the peace. He will protect your mind. He will give you, like you will have abilities and strength that you've never had before. Sometimes God walks through the crisis with you. And then there's other times that God saves us because of the crisis, or I should say by the crisis. And what I mean by that is you have a problem. You think that the problem is, the, is what you're dealing with, but really in reality, God is trying to save you from a bigger problem. And so we've, we've all heard stories when like somebody goes to the hospital and they're saying, man, I have this issue on my neck or I have this issue on some part of my body and they do a full scan and you thought that you were going in for a neck problem or for a hurt on your arm or somewhere else, but then you find out that it was actually that you, you had cancer. And if they wouldn't have done that scan, if you wouldn't have gone in for the, what you thought was the orig- original, the real problem, you wouldn't have taken care of the, the main thing. And so sometimes a smaller problem is the warning sign that God's given you to grab your attention, to save you from a bigger problem. And God allows that smaller problem because He wants to save you. 
So, with that in mind, I want to answer this question, what happens when I trust God in the furnace? What happens when I'm faced with a difficult situation, I'm in the middle of it, and I'm trusted in God, like what does He do for me? Like I'm being obedient, I'm being faithful, what does God do for me? Well, let's look at it. We're in Daniel chapter 3, verse 19. Daniel chapter 3, verse 19. This is what the Bible says. Nebuchadnezzar, this is the king, the wicked king, the pagan guy that sets up a statue because he's, he gets to a point where he feels like, man, it's not enough for me to be king. I want to be God. And so he's making everybody bow down to the to this, this statue. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel's friends say, nope, we're not going to... We're not going to give in to our conviction. Uh, we only worship one, and that's, our, that's the one and true uh, and only God. So the king was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his face, so furious that his face became distorted with rage. I think of a dog with rabies. That's what, that's what I think of when I see this, this image. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than unusual. Imagine that. Like, that, that wasn't necessary. Okay, fire is fire. But in this occasion, he was so upset that he says, you know what, we're going to turn up the heat. So what's going on? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are refusing to go along. They're refusing to worship the golden image. The king is losing it. It says, verse 20, Then he, the king, ordered some of the strongest men of his army. Like, he's going all out for this strongest men of his army, to, ba- to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to throw them into the uh, blazing furnace. So they tie them up. Now pay attention to the, all the times that they're saying, like they're, you know, they're tying them, they're getting the strongest men. Like that's not, even, that's not even necessary, you know, to tie them up. I mean, if you're thrown into the fire, you're going to burn up. Like the, you don't need to be, your hands and feet do not need to be tied up. So they tie them up, verse 21 and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed with all of their robes and their garments and all of that. Totally unnecessary. Don't need to, you know, this king is going over the top. Their hands and feet do not need to be tied. Um, But he's, obviously, he's angry. It says, verse 22, And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers um, as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego securely tied, again, so you see that the Bible is making reference to this. There's a point to to this. Fell into the roaring flames. God did not save them from it. He's going to walk through it with them. And you're going to see that in a minute. So what happens? What happens when I trust God in the furnace? Number one, write this down. God will walk through the fire with you. That's the beauty of our Savior. We don't have a Savior who says, I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to give you peace. You know, you do this, you do that. Trust me, have faith. And that's it. No, no, no. We have a Savior who has gone through the fire for us. He faced the the punishment of the cross. He knows what... what, um, Facing the heat is all about. He literally, when he was before the cross, when he was in tears, he was sweating literally 
uh, drops of blood, okay? And so we have a Savior who walks through the fire with us. And so if you're in the middle of the storm, you need to know he's not asleep. You need to know he's, he's fully aware of the storm and of what's going on as far as you're surrounded. And that alone, that should be a big relief right there for you, that you're, you're not doing this on your own. God's presence is with you. And God's grace sometimes becomes more real and more, um, it, it becomes, it, we are more, uh, like we, we understand it better when we're going through it. Like, and you, and you look back, you, you recognize how, like, man, there's no way that I could have gone through that if it hadn't, if it hadn't been for God's grace. And it says, but suddenly... Nebuchadnezzar, is the biggest emperor of the world at the time, jumped up in amazement and explained to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, they say, we certainly did. Like we, yeah, we like everybody's watching this. It's not like it's done in secret. We tie them hand and feet. Look, he shouts, the king, the, the, the pagan king says, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. And he says, and the fourth one looks like a god. Now, notice what's going on. They're in the furnace. God did not save them from the furnace. Like they're facing, like they're in the heat. Okay, but a couple of things that I think you need to understand. They're walking in the furnace, unbound, the Bible says. What does that mean, Pastor Alex? That means that the ropes that they were tied with, that they tied their hands and their feet with, had burnt off. They're walking around. Are you kidding me? Like they're walking in the fire? What's going on here? It says that there's a fourth man that looks like a god. In other words... This king who's trying to describe something that's supernatural, he's saying this, the fourth person looks like an angel. Like this, this is not a human being. This is some sort of divine angel. Like, you know, there's three guys. We tied them up. We know who they are. The fourth guy, we have no idea who, the, who this guy is. Like it doesn't look like it's a human being. Another translation puts it like this. It says that the fourth man looked like, the, like a son of the gods. That's what the king said. That's his interpretation. This wasn't the sons of the gods. I want you to know who this was. This was the son of God. This was Jesus Christ who was walking through the fire with them in the same way that he walks through the fire with you. Now, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Isaiah 43, verse 2. I think I shared this with you last week. God's been using this verse in my life, and I hope it speaks to you. I hope it's a good promise that you can hang on to if you're going through a difficult uh, situation right now. It says this, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. So Pastor Alex, what happens when I trust God in the furnace? Number one, God walks through the fire with you. Number two, and I love this, God will burn off everything that's tying you down. Did you get that? God will burn off 
everything that is tying you, that is basically binding you. And I love this. I, I want you to notice it. You know, this fire didn't burn them, okay? Like, it didn't burn their clothes. This fire did not, like, they didn't even, like, they come out, they didn't even, like, smell like smoke. They were, um, the only thing that got burnt off was the ropes that, that they had used to tie them up. And so the question that I have for you is this. What has got you tied up? What's, what's holding you back? What is limiting you from being all that you are meant to be? What are the limitations in your life? Just like those ropes were tying those people. What is the one thing that God is going to use in your life when you go through the heat, when you go through the fire? God's going to use that heat to burn those things off in your life. You know, when God allows you to go through the fire, it's not, he's not going to, he's not just doing it for, for no reason. There's a purpose in that. You're going to come out the other side untouched and unburnt, but you're going to come out better off. And the stuff that's tying you down, the stuff that's holding you back, the limitations in your life, that pain that, that pain that you're suffering, the pain takes you and picks you up. The pain that God allows in your life, it picks you up and it takes you. And when you go through it, it drops you and it, it, it leaves you in a different place. And so when you've been through the heat, you're not the same person. You're not the same woman. You're not the same man because now your character has been tested. Now your character has been refined and you, you've grown in the middle of the struggle, in the middle of the fire, you're grown. And so before, when you were over here, you were immature. But now the pain that you've gone through has taken you to a different place and now you're not who you used to be. The fire has matured you. Before, when, when you were over here, you had doubts about God and you did not trust Him and you were worried about what everybody else had said. But now you've been through the fire and you've been refined and now the, the pain and the difficulty has put you, has taken you to a different place. And before you were full of doubts, but now you trust God more than ever. Before you didn't know what the future held. Now you have total confidence in your Heavenly Father. Before you were freaking out if somebody said something you know you would freak out but now you know that you only serve one now think about this for a minute with me really hot fire can actually cauterize a wound you ever thought about that you see it in movies sometimes somebody's shot you know in battle they're bleeding to death and what do they do they take some sort of metal a hot poker or something and they push it against the skin and that heat what does it do it cauterizes the wound and it stops the bleeding in the olden days they, they would do that as well they take gunpowder literally they would put it over a wound if the person i mean i mean it, it was not pretty okay but they would light that powder it was i mean excruciatingly painful but it would stop the bleeding and then sometimes in your life, God has to stop the bleeding with some fire, with some heat. Or you're going to bleed, you're going to bleed out and you're not going to make it. 
And so there are times in your life when I know we don't like it, I know it doesn't feel good, but God cauterizes it, and it burns off everything that's tying you down. Isaiah 48, verse 10 is a great verse. It, uh, I think, sheds some light as to what God does. It says, I have refined you, but not in the way silver is refined. Look at it. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. Now, none of us want to hear that, but sometimes God uses your greatest mess to turn it into your greatest ministry. And I promise you, if you're going through the fire right now, if you're going through a fiery furnace in, in your life, you're not it's, not, it's not going, it's not a waste. And God may not be using a literal furnace, okay? But God is going to take you through the, the furnace of suffering, of pain, to burn off what's tying you down, what's limiting you. What happens when I trust God in the furnace? God will walk with you. I promise you that. I have no doubt. I know that I've seen it time and time again. God will often will burn off everything that's tying you down. All of those setbacks, they're not setbacks. They're setups. And last is he will, the last thing that he will do for you is he will give you a new freedom. You're going to come out on the backside of that fiery furnace with a new sense of liberty, a new sense of freedom. You're not so bound up anymore. Because when you go through the fire, when you come out, you have freedom. And all of a sudden, you're not afraid of the things that you were afraid of before. All of a sudden, you're not afraid of like people's opinions and the disapproval of others. And some of you, man, somebody looks at you the wrong way and you, you wilt. You know, like, like they, you find out that they're talking at the office behind your back or they're saying something that you, you don't like. And immediately you're going, oh, no, no, because you feel like everybody should love you and you want, you want to be loved and, and you, know, you care about what everybody else has to say. There are times when you go through a fire and you come out and you have a new sense of liberty and you don't worry about those people anymore because you know you don't need the approval. You don't need their approval to be happy anymore. And you come out of the fire and God delivers you. And now you're like, you go, you know what? I, I am living for an audience of one. That's it. So look in verse 26. It says, Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted. So he gets as close as he can. He says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Now, where did that one come from? We've got a pagan king, all right, who essentially is being converted right now in front of everybody. Like everybody's watching this thing, okay? And he says, obviously my gods are not the real deal. You're God because you're walking around and you somehow, you are not tied anymore. And there is a fourth you know, angel or a fourth being, divine being. He doesn't look like he's a man, but obviously, like he, and he says, servants of the most high God, come, come out. I need to see what's going on. 
And so the three men stepped out of the fire. Now, I I love this. Notice that Nebuchadnezzar wisely did not invite the fourth man out. He's afraid of that guy. Like, he's, in his mind, he's thinking, I know Shadrach. I know Meshach. I know Abednego. Like, I know these guys. They've been governors for me. Like, I've known them for 15 years. You guys come out. The rest of you, you stay, you stay there. He doesn't want to have to face the fourth man in the furnace. In verse 27, it says, watch this, don't miss it. Then the high officers and officials and governors and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched, and they didn't even smell like smoke. So, so they have all of the co-workers, all of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all the people that they work with, they're watching this, and they see like they don't even smell like smoke. They, nothing else burnt. You know, what is going, like truly your God is capable of doing things that we have never seen before. And so sometimes God allows you to go through the fire so others can see his power. And so I just want to encourage you how you handle pain today. How you, how much trust you put in God when you are in the fire, when you're in the difficulty, when you're under pressure, when the heat is on, will be your most powerful witness. It'll be your most powerful testimony. I mean, you really, you and I, we're, we're not really much of a witness when life is going great. When everything is fine, nobody's looking to you. It's when, when literally all hell breaks loose. That's when people are watching. And they want to see how you as a Christian, as a, as a Jesus follower, are going to handle the pain and the suffering. It says, then the king said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. By the way, it wasn't, it wasn't just an angel. The word angel literally in the Hebrew means messenger. And so this was, in my opinion, this was what we call a Christophany. Christophany, Jesus in a pre-incarnate um, uh, form appears in the Old Testament. Now, if you want to dig in a little bit more, let me give you a couple of references. Read, because this is not the first time that Jesus appears as an angel, messenger, in the Old Testament. So a couple of references if you want to dig in a little bit more. Joshua chapter 5, Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 through 15. Read it, look it up. You'll see how God sends His Son Jesus uh, in the form of an angel uh, on His behalf as a messenger. Another reference, Judges chapter 6, verse 11. And you can read all the way to verse 14. But this king, who's a pagan guy, he thinks it's an angel. And he says, he says, like, I want to see what's going on because this is, I've never seen anything like this. Now, there will be people in your world who are not believers, who will see how you're dealing with the fire and who will come out on the other side and they'll say, man, you truly worship the true God, the most high God. Now, what's interesting to me, and I'm about to close, is that when you study plants, some seeds only sprout, only germinate after a forest fire. Did you know that? There are some seeds, there are some trees, some plants 
like the, the, the jack pine cone tree, which is over in like the New England area of America, like they're all over the place. They'll, they have these seeds in the cones, but the resin on the cone is so tight and so hard that, that it doesn't get out and they, they don't sprout. And only if when there is a forest fire and there's just intense heat comes that it melts the resin off of the pine cone and the seeds drop out and they germinate out and a whole new generation of jack pine cone trees actually grows. And um, I mean, that's not the only place. There's a lot of places like um, in Northern California, the famous redwood trees, same idea. And so here's the the reason why I use this illustration. Sometimes some of the greatest things that happen in life are only going to come out of the fire in your life. Does that make sense? Like sometimes new life springs out of the fire that you're going through. So in verse 29, verse 29, and we're, we're done, it says this. I don't want you to miss it. 29 and, and verse 30, and then, uh, and then we'll close. It says, it says this. The king, it says the king makes this decree that no one needs to say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then he says, he says this, there is no other God who can rescue like this. And I want you to know that 2,500 years later, that statement is true today. There is no other God, when you're in the heat, when you're in the middle of a struggle, there is no other God who can rescue like your, like your Savior, like your God. And so let me ask you a few questions. Who are you looking for and to be your rescuer? Who are you trusting to be your deliverer? When you're in the middle of the crisis, who are you going to run to? When you're in the middle of the fiery furnace, when you're in deep water and you don't know what to do, who are you running to? Government is not going to do it. Culture is not going to do it. What you need is Jesus Christ. Acts 4 and 12. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There's no other God. There's no other thing. There's no other person. What you need is Jesus Christ in your life. And you need to say, okay, Lord, I surrender my will to yours. And I trust that you will take care of me. Verse 30, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego even to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. They passed the test of faithfulness, and God promoted them. So as we close, let me ask you a couple of questions. Are you feeling the heat today? Are you feeling the pressure? It could be your marriage, a job, peer pressure. Do you feel like, man, you got to conform to what everybody else is doing? When you pray something like this in your heart, when you say something like, like this, Lord, I don't know what kind of heat I'm going through, I'm going to go through in the days ahead, but God, help me to be like those three guys. God, help me to be confident that you will walk with me through the fire. Help me to know that regardless of what I go through, 
the, the heat, sometimes the purpose of the fire is to burn off some of the limitations, some of the things that are holding me back, the baggage, the people that are holding me, like that are holding me back. So Lord, help me not just hang on to them, but help me hang on to you, God. And help me to believe that you will give me a new sense of freedom when you deliver me from this. God, I honor you today and I give you all of my heart. I give you all of my mind, all of my will, and I ask you to do what only you can do in my life. I know it's painful. I know it's difficult. I know that I want to get out of it. But God, I trust you that if I do my part, if I, if I pass the test of, of faithfulness, you will be faithful because you've always shown me that you're faithful. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope you guys have a great week.